Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This is the word of the Lord. In a world where following Christ is decreed to be subversive and illegal, you have been accused of being a believer, arrested and dragged before a court. So starts a book I've had to read recently for my course, and one that has really challenged me. To be honest, most of them have really challenged me especially the Christian Doctrine module, and uh, reflecting pastorally, uh, theologically, on pastoral issues. But this book has challenged me personally in my walk with God. It's called The Orthodox Heretic, and it's a collection of modern-day parables that does exactly that. It challenges us about our preconceptions about what it means to be a Christian in our time. It's a very provocative book, and I highly recommend it. The opening story goes on to describe a courtroom scene where you, the accused, are faced by a judge and cross-examined ruthlessly by the prosecution. You stand there, quaking in your boots, as accusation after accusation is read out, condemning your actions as a Christian. Your Christian prose, your poetry, your newspaper articles are all bought before the judge as exhibits, as are your worship CDs, your religious books, and your well-loved Bible. You think the game is over. Throughout the case, you've not opened your mouth to speak in case you crumble and renounce your faith. But you stand firm. Why do you do this? Maybe you've just spent the last few weeks at Wanish Church listening to some excellent preaching by Debbie, Colin and David on Ephesians. We've heard about the early church in Ephesus and probably this letter was circulated to other churches too with the same hope of building them up 
affirming them, setting them on the right path and keeping them standing firm in the faith. As Debbie was telling us last week, theirs was a radical faith for a difficult time. Their relationships, master and slave, husband and wife, Gentile and Jew, slave and free were now radically different. They were all one in Christ. In our still divisive society now, how much do we still need to hear this message? Colin spoke to us about how we're to function as a church, how we can live with each other in relationship because our old self has been put to death and we're clothed in the likeness of Christ. We're a saved people and therefore we live, behave and have our identity in Christ. So Paul has led us through our new story, God's story. The knowledge of God's plan for our salvation, the power of the Spirit working in our lives, and the purpose of the church as the body of Christ. And as Eugene Peterson puts it in the message, that about wraps it up. But Paul knows that it's not quite that simple, and he's got some very important parting advice for us. He knows that living in a world that has different moral codes, different belief structures, and different ideas of moral integrity will not be easy. It might be okay in the beginning, when the novelty is still fresh and we feel invincible and protected, maybe like our new confirmees that were confirmed a couple of Sundays ago. But what about when we feel frightened? What about when we feel exhausted and overwhelmed? What about when life goes wrong? When we're mourning, depressed, lost? So he tells them, and he tells us, to stand firm. Stand firm by digging deep, to mix metaphors. Paul goes on to describe how we're to do this by using the analogy of armour. The belt of truth around our waist the breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. It's all terribly impressive. And one that the people of Paul's generation would recognise and understand. It speaks of strength, of purpose, of readiness for battle, which is undoubtedly what they needed to hear. For me, it speaks of courage. Someone who dares to be different, They can dare to be different because they've accepted their new life in Christ. They can dare to be different because they've accepted the gift of salvation. They can dare to be different because they're being transformed by the love of God. A group of people who are all being transformed by the love of God is called church. A group of people all being transformed by the love of God, our church. It's who we are together. We're not expected to stand firm on our own. That's why we have home groups where we can grow in faith and fellowship together. So what of our man in the courtroom? We left him banged to rights by all accounts, waiting to hear his fate. 
Well, after the judge reviewed the evidence against him, the worship CDs, the letters, the poems, and his much-loved Bible, he eventually came to a verdict. Not guilty. The judge could not find any evidence of the man being a Christian. Despite his church attendance, his daily prayers and reading of the Bible, he could not find any reason to convict him of being a Christian. All the outward signs of the man would indicate a devout Christian follower, but the judge was not interested in what he'd done. The transformation was only skin deep. He posed no threat to the status quo. He wasn't going to rock the boat. He'd read all the Bible, including Ephesians, but the words had not seeped into his soul and had taken, not taken root. He'd not lived what he believed. He had not stood firm and he had not put on the armour. This was the challenge I felt when I first read this book and so I'm sharing it with you. The question I was left with was this. Would I have been convicted? If the judge were to look into our hearts, would he see a person being transformed by the love of God? Would he see a person living by the Spirit? Would he see someone in right relationship with their fellow travellers? Would he see Jesus? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word and the transformational power it has. Send us out, equipped with your gifts to be the bearers of your saving word. In prayer, draw us deeper and deeper to your heart. In service, help us to make your love real. In stillness and silence, may we know our need of you. And in action, may we serve others as you have served us. We ask this through Jesus Christ the Lord. For your words are spirit and they are life. Amen.